following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Outsider Show. I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain, Sage Chun, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I am joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the LOC. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of LI. What's going on, Mario? Yeah, man, what a what a long week for the both of us. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I, I'm like catching my breath over here, but uh, yeah. yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah, we were talking um before we hit record, and yeah, it, a lot of stuff is going on in our personal lives. Um, you know, outside of wrestling. Yeah, but uh, thank God we have wrestling to be an escape because that is ultimately what it is at the end of the day. And this is just further proof and a great example of that. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. can't wait to dive into all the good stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll go over all that stuff uh, right. you know, when we uh, <clears throat> in a little bit. But start off right off the bat, how was AC, man? I know you're there for like two days, saw two insane shows. Yeah, so that's actually what I want to start the show with. But before we get to that, let's address... The elephant that's not in the room, and that's Leo. Leo is nowhere to be found once again. Yeah, he's uh, he really isn't the ghost of Leo. He's uh, the non-existent Leo. <laughs> he re- but you know what? He's he's pumping in the work, and right. eventually, over time, it'll pay off. And uh, you know, it's a good thing that he's missing these because you know it's it got for, it got better things to to worry about when it comes to our future here at the Lucha Outsiders. Yeah, unfortunately, I was talking to Leo yesterday, and he just has a lot going on, and he he was like, listen, I gotta take a rain check, and I was like, yeah, don't worry about it, you know, me and Ryan got this, we don't have to do a Facebook Live, we don't gotta deal with the peckerheads, we'll just drop it as a pod, so if you're listening to this, you know, this doesn't change anything for you, because you just listen to the podcast version, but uh, no Facebook Live, and hopefully we'll be... Getting the return of Leo sooner rather than later, but he's just a busy guy, just like the rest of us. Yeah, hey, you know, life happens sometimes, but we're still out here. We're still pumping out the content, and uh, yeah, let's let's dive right into it. I dude, it's crazy because I would never have thought that we would start a show talking about Matt Cardona, <laughs> and I don't, and I don't mean that as a dig. Like I don't hate the dude. I know some people online have mixed feelings about the guy, saying that oh, he comes off a bit of have an obnoxious jerk. Other people have said, like, nah, he's a great dude or whatever. I've never met the guy. I've only met Brian Myers. Brian Myers is a really, really cool dude. I can't really speak on Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder like that, but I know there's, like, mixed feelings about the guy. So last weekend, you mentioned that I was an AC, and I was an AC for a tournament of survival weekend. Before we cover, like, the Matt Cardona stuff, so 
the first show, there was a show, I believe, Friday night. I think it was like hybrid wrestling. I didn't go to that. I was working. But that Saturday, I showed up for a tournament of survival. And I know, Ryan, that you said you're not a, a, a big deathmatch guy. But, man, this uh, deathmatch tournament was really, really good. The finals was Alex Cologne and Atticus Korgar. He's part of 440. And they just had a killer main event and uh Alex Cologne he uh wins tournament survival and it was a three P because this is his third time winning it in a row so uh good for him man yeah that's awesome no i mean i always follow along um on the lucha outsiders instagram which everybody should be uh, if you're not already following on instagram go follow because every time we uh go to a show or i say we but mario goes to a show <laughs> he does one hell now of a you job. too man you do it on twitter when you went to mania and shit yeah 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 you're right i straight <laughs> shoot on twitter so i take care of the twitter part mm -hmm. um but yeah man your clips are just like a lot of fun to watch and i feel like i'm at the show when i when i'm watching him and i'm just scrolling through and um yeah, it looked like a really fun time, and, uh, you know, hey, I plan on coming down to, to Atlantic City for homecoming yeah. weekend. I did buy a ticket to the Saturday Night Show Part 1, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, man, I, I'm pumped. Never been to a GCW show before, but, um, yeah, it looks like a great time. All right, dude, I forgot to do my gimmick because, like, I'm, like, all over the place today, but give me a minute real quick. Hashtag, it's Rebel time. Okay, you mentioned that you've never been to a GCW show, but just to kind of fill you in a little bit, GCW shows are just so much fun because it's like a it's like a different type of atmosphere compared to any other independent um, that's out there. It kind of is like a, a kind of like a cult like following, kind of like ECW was back in the day. It just has like this very grungy, gritty, like. I don't know, man. It's like when you're a GCW fan, it's like you feel like you're part of like of a clique or like maybe like a fraternity or a sorority. That's kind of how it feels like to be like a GCW fan or follower. Yeah, I'm sure you probably see like a lot of the same faces in yes. the crowd every time you go to the show, right? Yeah, you know, and they, they do. I mean, Atlantic City's like one of their like homes. Yes. I mean, you could probably say that is their home, right? Yeah, that's that is. where the show is all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. And honestly, it's... GCW is like the closest thing we're going to get to an ECW yes. anywhere in wrestling. Like, I mean, the, the things that they do, I mean, obviously they can get away with a lot more because they're independent, they're not on television or right. anything like that. Um, but yeah, they're the closest to the modern day ECW as it gets. One, one thing I, I did notice this time around for this GCW show is you could pretty much at this point say that, like the, the pandemic is over. Like, that's it. Like, you know, yeah. like we're like either at like the last little bit of the tail end there's no more pandemic because when I tell you, I went in there wearing a mask, and I want to say like 95% of the people were not wearing masks in there. It was like, wow, like that's it. It's a done deal. I'm sure you guys seen like video clips online, and yeah, there's hardly anybody wearing masks. Me personally, if I was around a group of people, I was wearing my mask, but like when I was kind of like isolated to myself with not really many people around me or just no people around me, I would take it off. But, uh, yeah, that's it, dude. The, the whole mask gimmick, um, you might still see people wearing masks depending on, like, like let's say a store or, like, a venue or et cetera wants you to wear it. But other than that, you know, you really, like, even walking the boardwalk, not a lot of people wearing masks. Well, granted, that's being outside. But, yeah, like, the mask gimmick, I think, is pretty much done with at this point, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think it's, like, personal preference at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you want to wear it, you wear it, obviously, and nobody should 
give you a hard time about it. You know, right. everybody feels a certain way about things. Right. Uh, and that's just like not even, you know, I mean, it's funny you say that with GCW, but I'm noticing it a lot more just in regular life. Like yeah. going out, uh, I go out to some bars around me and mm-hmm. restaurants and breweries and really nobody's wearing masks. And, and you think like, you know, at the door, they require you to wear it. But right. like even the, the people at the door, like the, the bouncers at, you know, some of the bars I've been going to mm-hmm. uh, are not even wearing it. So that kind of gives you like, you know. Okay, the, the, well, I don't got to like, wear it. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't right. gotta wear it either. Um, and even like you know, I go to a lot of sporting events like uh, Mets baseball yeah. games and Islander hockey games and stuff like that. And and yeah, you know, they they tell you to wear it when you walk in. I actually saw one of the security guards the other day when I went to the game give a guy a hard time because he didn't have a mask on him. Like he just didn't bring one, and he was like, "Well, I don't even know if I could let you in." And then some lady behind had to give him an extra like paper mask that she had just right. so he can get in. Because I mean, it, it, that's just you know. I, I guess they still want you to wear it when you walk in, but once right. you walk in, you can pull that sucker right off. Right. Uh, you know, at this point, everybody's vaccinated. I mean, not everybody, but for the most part, a lot of people are vaccinated. And if you're you're not, then you know, and you don't want to wear it, well, then that's your risk. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just being vaccinated and stuff like that, like I just I worry a little bit less, and that's a great sign for for wrestling shows right. in the future. And obviously, they're all coming back. Yeah. So thank God. Who would have ever thought? A year after, you know, we were just in shambles, not knowing what the future was. And here oh we are a year God. later, going back to all these shows with no masks and around people again with sold out crowds. And it's it's a beautiful thing. I think what you said was uh, was perfect. It all depends on personal preference, right? And also, listen, if you're going to a venue or like a restaurant or a bar or whatever, and they say like, listen, to come through our venue or establishment, you need to wear a mask. But then once you're like seated or you're onto your like your personal like area, whatever, you could take it off. Just follow the rules. It's not a big deal if you have to wear a mask for like two minutes to get into okay. somewhere. And then once you're wherever you're located or wherever, like I said, personal space, then they say, oh, OK, you could take it off. Just follow the rules. It's not a big deal. Also, too, it's a respect type of thing. Too. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know not not everybody has respect nowadays. But yeah. it's an important thing. I mean, you know, you, you got to respect others around you. And, you know, if you walk into a store still, um, you know, wear the mask. And if you see a lot of people not wearing it, then you then you make a, a judgment call there right. of whether or not you still want to wear it. But, you know, if I'm walking into some place where everybody's wearing masks and I'm the only one not wearing one, it's kind of just like I feel kind of like like I'm disrespecting everybody right. else in a way, you know. And, and maybe not everybody feels that way. That's just how I feel. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> look at us. We turned into a mask preachers here. I know. And, and <laughs> I know. <laughs> look at us. Yeah, don't be a jerk. If they have like guidelines, just put the fucking mask on and don't make a scene. That's pretty much what we're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ruin it for everybody else. Right. Okay, so let's get into this Matt Cardona and Nick Gage stuff. So, first of all, let me not, like, kind of take away, like, let me not even, like, ignore the zombie walk event, which was the Sunday show. And then I got to tell you a funny story that happened in between both shows. So, the zombie walk show, GCW zombie walk, that was Sunday, okay? Great card. They had to uh, change a couple of stuff around because I eventually found out what was going on with Leo Rush because he was originally on the card. They took him off. Rich Swan was supposed to be on the card, and they took him off the event also. So they made some card changes whatever. Still great card, but the main event was Nick Gage defending that GCW World Championship against Jimmy Lloyd. The event prior to that, which was TOS, the show started off with Nick Gage showing up in the beginning of the show and then calling on calling out Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder. And he called him a pussy, etc., etc. Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, was actually at an independent show in Chicago that same night. So this guy flew out 
from Chicago to Jersey, like in a matter of 24 hours, all right? Zombie Walk, GCW, main event, Gage versus Jimmy Lloyd. They're beating the shit out of each other, whatever. The night before, Jimmy Lloyd cost G-Raver TOS uh, matches, so he got eliminated, right? So obviously they're continuing their feud. G-Raver came out. He kind of like distracted Jimmy Lloyd. Um, you had some three druids that we saw the night before. One was kind of taller than the other two, right? So I'm like, hmm, okay, this is kind of odd. And I'm thinking like, is this Ricky Shane Page? And I'm like, but he's too... He seems a little bit too thin to be Ricky Shane Page. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, right? All of a sudden, you know, Nick Gage attacks the two smaller druids. This tall druid starts doing like the Moxley-type walk. So everybody starts losing their fucking minds. Like, fucking Moxley's here or whatever. He hits Gage with a paradigm shift. And then when he unmasks himself, it's Matt Cardona. And then it's just a chorus of booze. Like, this guy, because he's, like, pretty much everything that GCW doesn't stand for, right? In theory, because he's a WWE guy. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he showed up in AEW or Impact. He's still a WWE guy, right? He's, um, not the anti-establishment, but he's, like, everything that GCW isn't. You know what I'm saying? And then even yeah. with his promo, like, afterwards that you saw online, he's, like, addressing the GCW people as, like, the GCW universe. Like, and he's doing this on purpose to get heat. But he, like, walked out of there with his middle finger in the air. Fucking the crowd is chanting, uh, fuck Zack Ryder. Like, like, GCW just does not, the GCW crowd, the fan base, just does not want anything to do with fucking Matt Cardona. And then, on top of that, you pretty much, like, attack, like, in theory, like, the stone cold of GCW, which is Nick Gage. Like, you attack him. So, of course you're gonna get, like, this chorus of booze and shit. That happens, Nick Gage gets on the mic just to finish off the show saying, like, he's going to buck 50 <laughs> fucking Matt Cardona. He's going to slice him <laughs> up or whatever. Later on the week, uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, you know, the major figure podcast, they had, like, a live show, I believe, in Baltimore. And Nick Gage shows up. And what it's so funny about this clip that you see online or whatever, and I think GCW posted it, and I think other people posted it too. What's so funny about this clip, right, it's like an... In essence, everybody that's there, right, are there to watch this live podcast. And I think it's like a, a kind of like a, a figure type con type gimmick. I know this whole weekend they're doing like a podcasting thing. I think like Conrad is there with Jeff Jarrett. And I think the Good Brothers might be doing a show there tonight. Because it's like a kind of like a podcast type con fest or whatever. For this particular event, you know, you get all like the major figure podcasts like followers and fan base or whatever and they have a really big fan base i'm not into that and that's no disrespect to either guy it's just not that i'm not saying that i'm not into figures but like i'm not like i guess subscribe like a lot of people do that spend thousands of dollars fucking collecting figures and collectibles and shit like that that's not me if i see something i like i buy it as long as it's not gonna cost me like you know 50 60 bucks or anything more expensive i'm not paying fucking 100 dollars for a fucking toy like i'm not doing that no disrespect to the people that do but <laughs> So Nick no. Gage shows up, and what's so funny about this is like all these people are there for you know this live podcast. But the second Nick Gage Nick Gage shows up, everybody starts to cheer for Nick Gage and starts calling Matt Cardona pussy. I just find that so fucking funny. But yeah, dude, we're getting this at homecoming on uh, night one. I will be there. Hopefully, I did buy a ticket. Um, if everything goes well, as long as plans don't change, I will be there live also. And yeah, GCW Homecoming Night One. We're gonna get Matt Cardona challenging for that GCW World Title against Nick Gage. And I put it on a post, and it kind of got a reaction from like 
I guess, like, the major figure pod followers or whatever. And I guess I hit a nerve when I said, like, this is the most relevant thing he's done post-WWE. Because everything he's done after WWE has been irrelevant and kind of like, eh. Like, his AEW run was forgettable. What he's doing in Impact, don't get me wrong, I think he provides something there. But he hasn't really made an impact in Impact Wrestling. And going back to when he first got released a year and some change ago, when Sam was still on the show, I remember him saying, like, and don't get me wrong, he's a talented guy. I, he's a charismatic dude. He oozes charisma. He is talented. But it's like, what are you doing with that, right? What are you doing with that talent? And going back to a year ago when he first got released, I remember Sam saying, like, oh, I could see him being, like, a Ring of Honor world champion. And I was like, listen, I think Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona is a very talented dude. But I don't see him ever being a world champion. And that's not me disrespecting the dude. I'm just calling a spade a spade. He's just not world champion material. And that's, like I said, I'm, I got nothing against the dude. But this is the most relevant thing he's done post-WWE. But as a as you, Ryan, that wasn't there live and just kind of seeing all this stuff online and as a viewer, what was your take on all of this? Well, first off, I love the video that you posted on Instagram, on your story. Of the, you know, reveal of Matt Cardone once he took off the, the, the mask or whatever he was wearing. Mm -hmm. I had to uh, screen record that clip <laughs> because there is a guy in front of you that's jumping up and down with his hands up in the air <laughs> when he thinks it's Mox. And then all of a sudden, when he, re when he realizes it's Matt Cardona... He puts his hands on his head and starts doing the middle finger, and it's like the biggest. Like you're witnessing, like right. how, like his roller coaster of emotions in that <laughs> thirty seconds. Like it was freaking hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. But I, I thought the whole thing was done. Uh, it was executed perfectly. Yes. Uh, you know, a great idea with having him do the Moxley thing to kind of yeah. get people to think it's Mox, and, and what a way to get heat on him. I mean, really, he would have gotten heat regardless. Like you said, he's not a GCW guy. Mm -hmm. He's like the WWE poster boy. So yes. it, it's he would have gotten the heat regardless, but I think the fact that he made everybody think it was John Moxley and then revealing himself as himself, that, that was perfect. I, I just absolutely loved it. Um and good for him, really embracing this and, mm -hmm. and willing to work with Nick Gage. I mean, you know, after watching The Dark Side of the Ring, I don't really think you can pay me enough to uh, <laughs> get in the ring with Nick Gage, to be honest. Right. Uh, so kudos to Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, whatever the hell you want to call him, for doing it. Because he does not have to do it. I mean, No, he doesn't. He does not. So respect to him in that regard. But I'm with you, too. It's like, he's... He's like a Long Island guy, right? So he's like, and I'm I'm from Long Island, so technically he should be like one of my favorites. And, like, and, just, and you're really... and you're not and you're gonna call a spade a spade and bury the guy because it's like it's a, it, let me not say burial. You you want him to do well, but you also gotta acknowledge just because he's a Long Island dude and just because you know he might be a likable guy or you feel like oh he's one of my guys because I'm from all Long Island. You're gonna call a spade a spade and just you know he's not an MJF. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, exactly, right. Like, I don't hate the guy. I don't have anything against him. But is he one of my favorites? No. Am I going to go out and buy a t-shirt of his? Right. No. I will admit that I did have one back in the day. But I'm talking about <laughs> but I 2011, 2012 <laughs> days when he was, uh, you know, when he, when he was, like, relevant. When he was doing the internet champion gig and when he was the U.S. champ. And he was really, like, over. I remember, like, an event at Madison Square Garden years ago. I think it was the Survivor Series. I forgot what year yeah. that was. The Rock uh, put him over. 
Yeah, remember those chants yes. for Ryder, for We Want Ryder? Like, he was so over. So that's when I was a huge, huge Zack Ryder guy. But obviously, it's 2021, and I could not care less with, with all the amazing talent we have out here. He's just so irrelevant in my eyes. But I agree 100%. This is the most relevant thing he has done. And um, I love, too, Nick Gates showed up at the podcast. That was show. great. That was great. That was great. Um, so is this going to be like a deathmatch type of match? It has to be a deathmatch because if it's not a deathmatch, this defeats the purpose of anything. If it's not a deathmatch, yeah. it defeats yeah. the purpose because it's like kind of what you said. Matt Cardona is going outside his element because he's like a, still a poster boy of WWE. So he has to do a deathmatch in theory. Like I feel like if you don't do a deathmatch, this is just a waste of time. Yeah, and I mean, you would know better than me, but like, how is Nick Gage, like, does Nick Gage, I'm sure he does wrestle regular he, matches. No, he does, he, he could wrestle a regular like, match. He could wrestle a regular match. And and it's good, he's good yeah, at entertaining of course. and stuff? Yeah, it's like, entertaining. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, I mean, you know, I, I think most people are expecting some sort of death match. I mean, even if it's not, I'm sure there will be weapons involved. Right. Uh, but I, I really have a hard time picturing how this is going to go down because these are the two opponents that you just absolutely never expected to ever step foot in the ring with right. each other. And um, I hope it's not another David Arquette situation where, uh, you know, Cardona doesn't know what he's getting himself into <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you know, Gates like stabbing him in, in the neck with like light tubes, and and they start shoot fighting. I me, mean, don't get me wrong, that would be absolutely entertaining and freaking hilarious. But I also don't want the guy to die. No, right? of so course, of course, so, of course. You yeah. know, um, I'm curious to see how this goes. So when once I saw this was announced for Homecoming Part One on July 24th in Atlantic City, I had to jump all over it, and it will be my first GCW show. So like you, as long as plans don't change, I plan on being there with you and. Uh, uh, same with my crew, and should be a fun time. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Who would have ever thought Matt Cardona and Nick Gage would be the hottest wrestling feud of the summer? Not I now. know. A lot of people are saying that, that this is the legit, the hottest wrestling feud of this summer. And it's just going back to their Twitter um, exchanges and, and how they're building this. And, you know, credit to GCW because they're building great angles, dude. You know, even with, the, like, the Moxley stuff, it's just great. It's They produce really great product. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's, you know, like I said, their shows always look really good. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's a two-parter weekend, too, right? The Homecoming? Yes. So it's yeah, uh, so. it's kind of like uh, TOS. There's going to be um, there's gonna be a JCW show, which uh, that's Jersey Championship Wrestling. It's kind of like another brand for GCW now. And then I believe uh, HOH, that's uh, Matt Tremont's promotion, if I'm not mistaken. They run out of... Uh, Somewhere in South Jersey, I can't think of right now where they run out of, but they're also going to be involved with um, Homecoming Weekend, so they'll be running like an afternoon show, I believe, Sunday. Fucking Matt Cardona and Nick Gage. <laughs> Who would ever thought it? Who would ever <laughs> thought we would... Even like the, the graphic that they posted, and I, I reposted it on Instagram, I'm like, this is surreal to me. Seeing Nick Gage or Matt Cardona. I, I, I know, dude. Honestly, like... Uh, when see like it was weird like they definitely got me gcw when they're promoting well actually well first off when you know cardona and nick gage are interacting with each other on twitter they're going right. at each at each other and um i literally just did not think anything of it i did not think anything was going to come about from it and then when gcw is promoting him calling out zach Ryder, uh I, I knew he wasn't at he was in right. uh in chicago for another show so i'm like all right i don't really know what this is leading to but i legit felt like uh cardona was ducking like Nick Gage, like he he like he did not want any part of this. Like he had no interest, and I just thought this was something that Nick Gage came up with himself, and GCW rolled with it. Right. But to the fact that they're actually doing business together is pretty nuts. Credit to him, 
And you could even look at both parties here, or you can even say three parties with, you know, Nick Gage and GCW. But, like, who's giving, like, the rub to who? Because it's like, in one essence, you could look at Matt Cardona being a former WWE guy or whatever, and at the end of the day, we could say what we want about him, but he wasn't WWE for, I don't know, over 10 years. So it's like, is he giving the rub to GCW Nick Gage, or is GCW Nick Gage giving the rub to Matt Cardona? Because Matt Cardona, like we've been saying, hasn't done anything relevant till this GCW angle. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Um, you know, obviously I think that Cardona would be given the rub to, to GCW and Gage, but like, and that's that's probably what the intention is going to be. But I'm sure coming out of this, they're also going to be giving the rub to Cardona right. too, because like that. I think after this, uh, I mean, I'm not so sure, but I would maybe think that after this, a lot more people will respect Matt Cardona. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about like the GCW yes. universe. Yes, probably <laughs> the not, GCW universe. <laughs> it's so um, funny that Matt Cardona says that. And the GCW fans, you should see some of the comments online. Because when he says it, because he says it, I want to, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to show love to the GCW universe. I want to be the face of GCW. I think he said that on Busted Open this week. And I'm like, bro, this guy is just running with like, this like, I want to be the poster boy of GCW because I am the, the complete opposite of what GCW stands for. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they, people like, fuck you. And he's like, love you too. Love my fans. Love the GCW universe. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, kudos to him for really, like, embracing it. Yes, too. Like he I said, is. It's, it's really been built really well so far. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, really just like good for him taking it all in and, you know, not half-assing this and really just going full force. And like I said, to to commit to wrestling a guy like Nick Gage, again, that, that takes some balls. And like I said before, <laughs> He does not have to do no, this, he and he is. So respect for him for that. Uh, two more things on uh, the GCW weekend in AC. So I have not seen, out of all the GCWs I've watched and been to, I have not seen this level of heat for Matt Cardona, right, since Ricky Shane Page. This is the level type heat he's Matt Cardona has got. Like, I had one, I was talking, who was I talking to, where it was like, RSP had to walk so Matt Cardona could run, like, right now with this angle. That's, like, the level of heat that Matt Cardona has, which this... And I mean, like, when I say heat, this is a great type of heat. Because, like, yo, like, GCW fans want nothing to do with this guy, which is a great thing. Yeah, I know. And that's that's why he's the perfect opponent mm-hmm. for a guy like Nick Gage, because, you know, of how he is, so... Like I said, I, I just think it's just the most unlikeliest of opponents going at it. And that's just what makes wrestling really, really freaking cool sometimes. It's like you just never know. Like you you never would have thought you wanted to see this so badly. Right. But now you're like, oh my right. God, I can't imagine like not being able to see this match because of how good it's been. So yeah, it's just, it, it's freaking crazy, man. That's why we love this stuff. Um, we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna talk more about this match when we get closer to the event. But there's no way Matt Cardona has a chance of winning this. Or do you think he? he there's a potential uh, there. Man, that would that would certainly be a decision. <laughs> Let me tell you, if they ended up putting that belt on him, uh, oh boy, oh boy, um, there would probably be trash thrown in the ring. <laughs> People but, would probably rush the ring to attack him. I'll be honest with you. But uh, so yeah, I wouldn't but, do that. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, though, right? Wouldn't that be a good thing if the reaction is that? And the only reason this idea even crossed my mind is we still have this Moxley engage match that's going to happen somewhere down the line, right? And with that level of match, that match doesn't even need the title, right? And 
as much as I like Nick Gage being a world champion, you can even make the argument Nick Gage doesn't even need the title at this point. Because he's so over since that dark side of the ring. Like, if you thought he had a cult following before that episode, now I feel like it's it's growing even into bigger levels, the popularity on this guy. So, he's in a point right now where him chasing for the title meant more than him being champion right now, if that makes any sense. No, that's a good point. And also, too, like when Moxley and Gage eventually do fight, and I'm sure it's going to be in, in Vegas on SummerSlam weekend because they did announce a show there, yep. but that's my inkling. Yeah, obviously, the match has got to be for the World Championship, right, if Nick Gage is still holding it. So how do you book that? Because I you know, don't think Moxley should lose to a guy like Nick Gage. And again, that's no disrespect to Nick Gage at all, but like John Moxley is a huge star on AEW. <laughs> Unless Moxley like plans on sticking around, which I would be totally fine with. Yeah, I mean, you know, if that's the case, you would probably have to put the championship on Moxley, and which would be cool, but I, I don't know. Like, I just don't know if I could really see that, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, in that case, maybe they do pull the belt off of Gage to have that match just be a one-on-one without the belt. I don't know. I Matt mean, Cardona, be- the face of GCW and your GCW world champion. Now now I want to see that. Now I want to see it. You got me, like... like <laughs> foaming at the mouth for this because of how entertaining Twitter would be and also the reaction of, of being in the building oh. when, if that happened. That would just be unreal. I think I'm going to name this episode uh, Matt Cardona versus GCW. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, dude, I got to share this funny story with you, man. You want to talk about a congratulations to myself. I'm talking to you. This is a major congratulations. I played myself heavy during AC weekend. So check this out, right? So... TOS weekend, you had Tournament of Survival, right? Which was, uh, I think it was like 3 o'clock show. It finished like about like 5.30, 6 o'clock, right? Then, I believe at 8.30, 9 o'clock, they had like a Deathmatch Hall of Fame where they were inducting some people. Then, at 11 o'clock, you had the JCW show, which was main evented by Ricky Shane Page versus Crowbar, right? After the show, a couple of us went to go get something to eat or whatever, kind of just bullshitting around in AC, and then we ended up going to Wet Wheelies because, you know, the, the, you know, like the gimmick cup and the, you know, like the, the, the crazy drink slushy or whatever. So it was still early. So I want to say it was like maybe like around nine something. So everybody was like, oh, you know, the, uh, the show starts at 11. Let's just go back to, you know, the rooms or whatever. And, you know, we'll, we'll see each other for JCW that starts at 11, right? So okay, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. So I go back to my room. And I'm like, man, let me just rest my eyes for a bit. So I set the alarm. So I like it was like at 10.45. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm good with like 20 minutes, half hour. Let me tell you, I woke up, bro. My phone said one something. I missed the whole fucking show. I'm like, what the fuck happened? The levels that I played myself, I I gave myself the button. Now, granted, I don't have my, my soundboard right here. Say, like, you're lucky you don't got the button. But, man. man, I gave myself the button. I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? How did I sleep through the whole show? So I ended up watching the main event, and I was like, man, maybe I can still catch the main event. And then I go on, like, the YouTube feed because they were showing the, the JCW show for free online. And they were like, oh, my God, this is such a fun show. Man, RSP versus uh, Crowbar was such a great match. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I missed the whole fucking show. What the fuck, man? I missed my boy RSP, man. Now he's like, I don't know if he's doing this, like, you know, just to, like, troll the crowd. But now he's kind of being a baby face now in, in JCW. And I'm like, fuck, man. I can't believe I fucking missed the show. But I ended up watching the main event, I think, uh... 
later on that night, because then I was up at that point, so I ended up watching the main event online, and I'm like, I can't believe I fucking missed this. So I, I was like, I was so upset, and I was like, man, did I play myself. <laughs> oh, that is, that is hilarious. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that is always my biggest fear of, like, if I have to be somewhere at a certain time, and I set an alarm, and I'm saying to myself, oh, I'll just sleep for a little bit or whatever. And, like, that's always a fear of, like, what if I sleep through it or what if it just doesn't go Ugh. off or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's hilarious. I mean, yeah. what a story to tell, though. <laughs> well, yeah. that, listen, if I do spend the night in AC, depending on what's going on by the time we oh, uh, get to I'll the whole wake-up call. Not even that. I'm going to make sure, like, I'm, I don't sleep at all. I'm just going to be like, listen, I'm going to get <laughs> good some good sleep the night before. And whether I got to drink some Red Bull or something, I got to be up and watch these shows. So I'm not letting that happen ever again. That's, I do. Let's, so uh, let's transition to some, I guess, some good news, right? At least for, it's some good news for this company because, you know, I feel like their company's in shambles at this point. But our boy Shingo, he's now your new IWGP World Champion. He defeated Okada in a fucking phenomenal match. I added that match to my list. I don't know if you did, but I thought this match was great. This is probably... Shingo's been putting out bangers the last like two, three years at this point. And I think this year Shingo's going to make our top ten list when it comes to the, the Luchis, when it comes to male performers. But what I will say about Okada... This might be the best Okada match that I've seen in a while. And that's no disrespecting Okada. Okada's going to be one of the all-time greats. But I don't know, man. Okada in this match, I could probably say this has been his best match since him and Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom this year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's a fair point. Um, I thought the match was outstanding. I expected it to be great. And what a shocking result to me. Um, I really thought Okada was going to was going to get this championship. Um, and I thought Shingo was going to be destined to win a G1 somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. And then we get the pre-match at the Tokyo Dome. And, you know, just the way New Japan books, it's like right. you have a red-hot guy like Shingo Sakagi who's got one hell of a future in the company. He's probably one of my favorite, uh, favorites, if not my favorite, New Japan wrestler at the moment. Um, and, you know, this just seems like a guy that obviously they could invest in in the future, be a world champion. But obviously, he's just not going to get handed the title. I, you know, he's going to go the Jay White route or the Kenny Omega route, where you're really going to have to, you know, collect some losses along the way, and eventually you'll get that championship. But that's not what they did here, and I'm not complaining about it whatsoever, yeah. obviously, because I think, you know, while on one side of the fence, I was like, well, the company's in shambles, so <laughs> what? How, how do you get back on track uh, other than putting it on Okada and having him run with it and... You know, just Okada's the guy, right? He's the flag bearer. He, he carries the New Japan flag. So you put the world title on him, all is right in New Japan for the time being, and then they get back to, to where they were, and then somebody dethrones Okada, whatever. I'm thinking of like that. But now with Shingo, it's like it kind of works because you have a guy that is going to make people want to watch as the world champion. And, you know, like I said, with the company being it, it, it I keep saying in shambles. I mean, I take a shot every time I say in shambles when I'm talking about New Japan. Um, but, you know, you have a guy like him who's going to make people want to watch the yes. product now. And it's exciting and it's intriguing. It's somebody fresh as the world champion. And I'm curious to see where it goes. He called out Cody Ibushi in the post-match. Uh, curious to see where that match goes down. But let's see how long Shingo's run goes as, as world champion. And the only thing I don't like about it is that, unfortunately, like, he, had, he won it at the expense of Will Ospreay dropping it. Right. I mean, he won it fair and square, but it just kind of seems like it's like, oh, you know, they obviously no plans put it on Shingo, but obviously plan changes the last minute, and they just had to throw it on him. And right. 
let's see how it, how it goes. But uh, nonetheless, Shingo is outstanding. The match was great. The only thing is this show. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched uh, the last. You, few listen, th- you ain't missing much because b- besides uh, this match and uh, Kota Bushi and Jeff Cobb, this Dominion was not eventful and it was pretty boring. It didn't even feel like like literally like I just it, it didn't feel like Dominion. No, right? Like Dominion over the years has been such a huge show. It's been the second biggest show for New Japan behind Wrestle Kingdom. But you could even opinion. say the same thing about last year's Dominion too. Now don't get me wrong, last year's oh, Dominion yeah. we were still you know the the whole COVID thing was still like big right. like during the pandemic or whatever. But I'll say Dominion hasn't felt like Dominion since the last time um, Jericho and what was that Jericho Okada? Yes. That Jericho was the last Okada, time uh, when Kenta. Uh, arrived right and mox mox was in the opener and he declared himself for the g1 that dominion was at 2019 it had to be that was the last really good dominion that That was when dominion felt like dominion yes yeah and uh it's just it's crazy because i used to always look forward to like dominion no me too that was like my summer event like even though i mean it's the beginning of the summer but that was like the one event i i I just really loved watching along with Wrestle Kingdom, like to be up live yeah, for, you know, know. along with the G1 finals and stuff like that. But Me too. it just, I slept through it. I didn't even watch, I, I watched the main event live, but I said I'm catching Ibushi and Cobb at a later time. And, and, uh, it, 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 it was just a very lackluster show. And, and I'm the same way as you. Like, I would stay up for, uh, Dominion. I remember the year that Kenny Omega and, um, Okada had what was like two out of three falls, and it was like an over an hour and a half match. Remember the, that main event? That was the same night that the Young Bucks, I think, won the the heavyweight tag titles. Yeah. And that that Dominion, I remember going into that Dominion. I didn't get no sleep whatsoever, so I like had like two monsters and was like watching the whole thing through. And that Dominion was fucking phenomenal. That's probably the best Dominion I've ever watched. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, along with you know. Uh, well, that that was the one when Kenny won the title, right? Yep, then yep, the yep. one where he, um, when him and Okada the year before, when they had that that, that hour Broadway hour long draw, yeah, that, that hour was Broadway a really good Dominion yep. as well. Mm-hmm. That was a great Dominion, also. Yeah, see, those, the Dominions that we're mentioning, those felt like Dominions. The last two, and like I like I said, last year was you know the the world was in shambles, but this year it's just man, it just didn't feel, it didn't connect, and. I'm going to go back to the whole Will Ospreay and Shingo stuff, you know, the fact that Shingo won the title and, you know, due to unfortunate events with Ospreay, but, you know, New Japan is in shambles, dude, and it's sad to say, you know, one of my favorite promotions is just, like, all over the place now, like, you know, like, even their Gaijin, Gaijin rep- uh, representation on the show wasn't even there like that, it was just... New Japan's in shambles, unfortunately. It's like, I'm very curious what do they decide to do when it comes to the G1. But, like, right now in Japan, they're not like the states out here. Like, their whole COVID numbers and stuff like that, it's not looking good over there. Yeah, yeah, it's a mess, dude. It's a mess. But the one thing that's, uh, you know, you can be confident with with uh, when it comes to New Japan is that they'll get back on track eventually, yes. right? Like, everything will come back together. Right. Every single time New Japan uh, <clears throat> loses some guys... They always recover. They're always good in the end. It's like, you know, even when it's not good, it's at a point right now where it's not good. No, Nobody's watching. I guarantee you, you know, by next year, as early as Wrestle Kingdom, right. they'll be back on track. And it will be a must-watch uh, promotion again and a must-watch show. And everybody will be talking about it again, especially if, you know, the AEW guys can start yeah. going over there and the Impact guys right. and then Good Brothers can go back and stuff like that. So I'm not worried about New Japan's future. They'll be fine. But right now, yeah, it's really sad to see because, I mean, that is my top promotion. That's my favorite promotion, mm-hmm. um, you know, along with, like, AEW and stuff like that. But 
New Japan is always like the, I always say it's my favorite promotion because it's the one that I can count on the most. And it's always the one that like, I know I'm not wasting my time watching. Like I'm always going to get a good main event, a good <clears> match and, and good booking decisions, stuff like that. So that's why I love it so much. But yeah, right now it's, it's, it's a pretty tough watch and uh, it's sad to see. But as soon as this whole pandemic is over, <laughs> we say the pandemic's over here. They beg to differ over there, though. So um, it's unfortunate to see, but you know they'll get back on track eventually. And kudos to Okada too. I think we need to put a shout out to him because he literally overcame COVID. He had yep. it. Uh, he actually came out publicly and said that he had it about a month ago. And you know, even after you beat it and you have it, and of course Okada, being the healthy guy that he is and everything mm-hmm. like that, like he's fine. But you know, there are lo- long term effects to this. Yeah, like it's a respiratory disease. Yep. So you know, you could it can affect your lungs and your breathing and things like that. But man. This guy didn't miss a beat. He looked no. like the same Okada. Yes. Uh, he wrestled a phenomenal main event, mm-hmm. so kudos to him, man, really. Yeah, dude, and I think that's what hurts me about the situation in Japan because they overcame everything last year with, like, the whole COVID stuff and then making, like, drastic decisions, like putting the title on evil, whatever. And then once Wrestle Kingdom, you saw, like, the turn of the tide to the positive end and, you know, we saw the rise of, like, the United Empire with Will Ospreay and, yes, you know, the title was questionable and the whole Kotobushi booking was kind of questionable too, but people were talking about New Japan and, and you started seeing, like, okay, like, things are happening in New Japan and then their relations with Impact and AEW, it's like, wow, like, yo, New Japan's really making moves, and then, boom, Japan is in shambles again, Will Ospreay fucking goes down, it's like, God, man, it's like, what are they fucking cursed, did just, they just get rid of the fucking title, maybe the title's yeah. a curse, like, what's going on there, and I think that's what hurts me the most, but like you said, they'll bounce back from this, and just kind of going back to the whole Will Ospreay and Shingo thing, we don't know the status of Will Ospreay, we don't know when he's gonna come back, but if... A miracle fucking happens, and he could kind of make a, a full recovery by Wrestle Kingdom. That's your main event for Wrestle Kingdom. Shingo oh, will Osprey. Oh, yeah, totally. That's got to be, yeah, 100, 110%. That's got to be uh, the main event. And, you know, I would even do something like, I'm just going to put this into you know existence here, right? Like, I'm just going to hypothetically, just fantasy book, whatever. I would love, because obviously if Will Ospreay does come back, right, and, and just say, you know, he gets cleared, but it's like after the G1, right? Right. But you still should have that as your main event. But obviously the G1 winner is going to have to, you know, face Shingo in the main event. And I don't think it's ever been done before. But what if you have Shingo, who's the champion, win the G1? And I, I always wondered what happens if the champion wins right, the G1. Right, right, because it's never been done before. Apparently they say, you know, the winner gets to, um, he, he basically gets to call out whoever he wants. He gets to pick his opponent, mm-hmm. right? So that would be awesome. Imagine Shingo wins in the G1, right? right. And it's like, oh, who's, who's Shingo going to call out? Who's going to call out? And maybe you stall it a little bit in hopes that Will Ospreay can come back. Right. And then you just have him call out Will Ospreay and, at, at some, I don't know, some event. It could be something as Corkin or something like that. And just have him come out and just make the place explode and there's your main event. I think that'd be really cool, but obviously that's way too far in advance to right, 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 right. start thinking about. But um, yeah, if Will Ospreay comes back, which I hope he does, that definitely is your main event for sure. And um, you know, it, it's just crazy to see the rise of this rivalry between these two because yeah, it started man. as you know best of the Super Juniors yep. finals in um, Sumo Hall main event there, phenomenal. And obviously, they've had battles now for the World Heavyweight Championship, mm-hmm. and looks like it's we're going to see a lot more 
and potentially a Wrestle Kingdom main event somewhere down the line. So that's pretty cool for those two guys. Shingo and Osprey's feud reminds me a lot of Okada and Kenny Omega. That's what yeah. like that's the comparisons I, I make of, of, of like all four men. That's how good Shingo and Osprey's matches are, and I hope Will Osprey could make a speedy recovery and full recovery. More importantly, because you know his uh, situation, his injury is very very serious. But if he could make a full healthy recovery, man, I will. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna put it out there. I would love to see something like what we saw in Dominion with Omega and Okada. Just make them have a two out of three falls and let them go for over an hour. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, there, there, there's always those guys in wrestling that are always gonna be tied tied to the hip, no matter right, what. Right. You know, Okada and Omega. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Shingo and Osprey, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Champa and Gargano, Britt Baker and uh, Thunder Rosa. Yep, exactly, yeah. So it's just, uh, like I said, it's it's awesome, and I'm curious to see where it goes. But let's just hope and pray that yes. Will Ospreay can come back, because he has been posting on social media, but nothing about like his injury or anything. So he's just been posting like, random stuff. I, I have been taking note of that, like on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, he's not in a neck brace or anything like yo, that. Yo, imagine if this is just a fucking troll, and he just, yo, I don't no, think it's a troll. Him. I don't think it's a troll because it makes no sense in theory why he no. would drop the title. But maybe, you know, it was really bad. And then, I don't know, maybe he ends up fucking going like to one of these fucking countries like Colombia and gets some shit done to his neck or something like that on the low. And he feels perfectly fine like in like three months or something. And I don't know, man. Like, I'm just – and this is just me saying this in theory, like hypothetical, right? And he comes back and then he attacks Shingo or it's something. Like, there's so many things you could – if. When Will Ospreay is 100% healthy, there's so many different directions they could go with this story. And I also want to keep in mind, too, Will Ospreay, while he's a heel, he was getting cheered when he beat Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I just hope Will Ospreay can make a speedy recovery and we do get the Shingo-Ospreay match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. But um, let's move on, dude. Let's move on to while Japan is in... in, in you know, crazy land or whatever with the, you know, with the state of emergency and then the, the gaijin with talent, et cetera, et cetera. Japan's a mess, unfortunately. And it's sad to say. Out here in the States, not so much of a mess because everything's opening up and officially announced WWE SummerSlam will take place in Vegas. And it will happen the same night as a Pacquiao fight that's happening also in Vegas. Um, what's your thoughts on then making this officially the announcement that SummerSlam's going to be in Vegas and it's going to be on a Saturday? Uh, I, I love that, but mm-hmm. I am shocked. And I've, obviously it doesn't matter to me because I'm not watching the, the boxing fight. Right, but right, right. Man, that is, uh, that's crazy that they're going to go up against that. And the fact that those two events are in Vegas, man, Vegas could be popping that weekend. Along with GCW, add that in, um, you know, and, and along with probably a bunch of other stuff that's right. going to get announced when that weekend gets closer. Uh, but man, yeah, that's... That's crazy, and the fact that they're doing a stadium show at that new stadium out in Las Vegas where the um, the Las Vegas Raiders play, that that, that looks insane. Uh, that means they're going to really, really stack this show. It's going to be a huge event, um, and, and it's good to see because I guess they're treating this as the, the real first event back, even though WrestleMania was with fans, but only 25%, so Vince probably, uh, you know, obviously wants to do way better right. than that, mm-hmm. and um yeah, that's that's gonna be nuts, man. That's absolutely gonna be crazy. Uh, no, I will not be going to that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I can't take off from work. It's just impossible to, to go to Vegas for for a few days. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching that. And yeah. like I said, it's just this is just further proof. Like we were talking about before, it's just great to see the world getting back to 
to, to normal. Who knows, man? By then, maybe the studio will be up and running. We we have discussed. Um, we've mentioned it to you, Ryan. Leo has mentioned like he wants to do kind of like a like a, a viewing parties eventually once the studio's up. Yeah. So maybe that's something that we potentially could do. Um, depending on what's the status of the studio, you know, we'll we'll talk more about that closer to the date. You know, we still got like about a month and a half, close to two months before uh, SummerSlam does happen. As much as I would like to go to Vegas too, uh, I can't do some personal stuff happening with my life, so I can't really. I gotta pick and choose where I go, and due to some stuff happening in my personal life, I can't be too far away from home. If that makes any sense. So as much as yeah. I would like to be in Vegas, not only for SummerSlam, but just a potential Mox engage match that could. Dip- take place at this GCW show, you know, it's going to, like what you said, it's going to be such a fucking crazy packed weekend. But I am excited to watch the show, and I expect this show, this SummerSlam event, to be like a WrestleMania. I expect this to go over four hours. Because if, if this is back yeah. to full capacity, or close to full capacity, Vince is going to try to make so many fucking matches. I expect this to be like a 10-match card at this point. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to feel like a WrestleMania yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, if you're packing everybody into a football stadium like that, mm-hmm. uh, you're making this into a big event, you're going up against a big boxing fight that same night, yep. yeah, you're going to have to make that a, a, like WrestleMania, like one of those Saudi shows where it's like a, a big deal, you right. know, and I'm sure it will be. So, uh, you know, I heard a couple of rumors of, you know, what they want and things uh-huh. like that. I know they mentioned, like, John Cena, Roman Reigns, which would be a huge headliner for that. So I have um, three matches on my notes, and we'll st- we'll start with Roman and Cena. But the other two matches that there's rumblings about is Roman Brock and then Brock and Bobby Lashley. But let's mm-hmm. start with Roman and Cena. What, you th- what do you think of the odds of this match actually happening? Which I'm hoping this is the match that we get at SummerSlam. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough to say, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the match I am hoping for as well. Um, but it's tough to say. Who knows what John Cena's schedule looks like, you right. know? Um, so it's all a matter of if they can get him, you know, if they can book him. Uh, I mean, he's turned into, into Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's impossible to get a hold of. He's a very busy guy, so he's always working on a movie of some sort or, or doing something else. And WWE, unfortunately, is just not his top priority at the moment. And, hey, he's earned that right. I don't I don't fault him for that at all because yep. it's a new generation now. And I'm not saying they don't need him because they definitely could use him, but they don't need him, if you know what I mean. You know, mm-hmm. they, not, they don't need him to re- – they don't need to rely on him like they once did back in the day. Right. Um, I think it would be hilarious if they just trolled everybody and just did a Roman, another Roman and Brock match. I think that would just be – uh, hilarious! You're making people go nuts, uh, buy tickets, go go to Las Vegas for this, and uh, you're gonna book a match that we've seen 72 times already. Like that, that would just be hilarious. And I'm uh, with you, and I'm with you on that too. But I guess is we're getting this version of Roman, and we don't know where, like, because we don't know how this story is gonna be portrayed on TV, right? So just the thought of it now, like just the speculation of it now, right? One. This is a complete different Roman Reigns. Like, Roman Reigns is kind of like a mafia boss. Like, that's the type of character he's portraying on TV, right? And then yeah. with the Brock and Heyman element, it's like, yeah, we've seen this match hundreds of times in the past to the point where WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, nobody gave a fuck about this match. Like, this is not the main event that we wanted to see, right? In this scenario, especially in Vegas, which Vegas has a very high MMA-type atmosphere crowd, I could kind of see people being invested in a Brock, in a Brock Roman match, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see people. I just don't see people going for a babyface Brock over a heel Roman Reigns. I don't know. I just don't think people would boo Roman 
and really cheer for Brock as opposed to a, if it was John Cena in there where right. people would go nuts for Cena and right. then boo Reigns. So I, I, I just don't know. I can't say for sure, but I'm just trying to like uh, put myself in in that type of position where it's like I don't really know how the crowd would react to a Brock Lesnar because, like I said, this guy's a part-timer. Uh, when he's the champion, nobody likes him. He just shows up randomly here and there. He freaking wins money in the bank randomly. Like It's just like he's not a well-liked guy. He right. really isn't. And, you know, to get the fans invested in a babyface Brock and wanting the fans to want Brock to be the one to basically beat Roman Reigns for that championship, nobody wants to see Brock Lesnar as the champion right. again, okay? So, like, I, it's just a weird dynamic, you know what I mean? So, I don't know how you would get people invested in a babyface Brock and have them cheer him. So, I don't know. But um, I know it's different. Like I said, the roles were reversed. I still don't want to see the match again. Mm-hmm. How about Bobby Lashley, Brock? Yes, that that I would love to see. That's what I've wanted to see for a while now. Me too. Um, I think that would be great. Bobby Lashley definitely needs this because I'm tired of him facing Drew McIntyre of 74 times. He needs some a, a big-time match as the champion, and um, he definitely needs to go over if that does happen, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's with Brock in a championship match, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, it's not a guarantee loss. He, you know, he... I've seen weirder things happen, but that is definitely a match I would love to see. I think Cena Reigns and Brock and Bobby would be two amazing, amazing headliners for SummerSlam. Yeah, that's a, that's the route I would go to. You know, I, I was trying to sit here and not kind of defend, but kind of just, you know, break down the, the potential, the possibility of a Brock and Roman match. Not saying that I would be against it if that's what we get, but I'm more interested in a Cena Roman Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar match at SummerSlam. Uh, more on the SummerSlam rumor front. Apparently, there's going to be a takeover the night after SummerSlam, but it's not going to happen in Vegas. It's going to happen at Capital Wrestling Center, which I don't get it, bro. Like, things are starting to fucking normalize again. Why not, you know, try to book a venue in Vegas, man? You're already going to have the fucking SummerSlam crowd and people that are going to these fucking wrestling shows. Is it going to hurt WWE? To like book a, a smaller venue and do a takeover there. Just the thought of the fucking Bailey kid once again watching another NXT show. It's just like, oh come on, like I'm sick of that fucking crowd already, dude. I know, I don't get it either, man. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't know why they wouldn't try and do a takeover. And that doesn't mean, I mean, not necessarily in Las Vegas if you don't want to do it in Vegas. Which I mean, that would make sense. But if you right. didn't want it, do it someplace else. You know, do it even if you want to stick around in Florida. Do it at a uh, at like the uh, at a venue, at a venue. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, the Amway Center. Yeah, that, that you know. Or they could Orlando. do it. At the, they could do it at your favorite place, Tropicana Field. Tropicana Field. I would take that, man. I would take, <laughs> it. <laughs> I would take it as long as we don't got to see the Capital Wrestling Center anymore with Ugh. Izzy and uh, Izzy and family. Boy, I mean, God, I know. Like, like, listen, I understand that they do the regular NXT shows from there. That's fine. Even though I'd love for them to get back to Full Sail University, even though it really doesn't make a difference. Oh, uh, dude, dude uh, let me tell you something. I before before you was on the show, right? I used to go on full rant on the Full Sail crowd. I hate that crowd so much. <laughs> they are yeah. so oh, like they're such a garbage fucking crowd. I can't stand it. Yeah, I, I was just saying more so that because they could open up more seating, right, 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 right. More, more people in, in attendance there, and it, it just makes the show a lot better. But uh, yeah, as far as takeovers go, I mean, come on, you got to. I'm 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 salivating at the mouth at a full <laughs> full crowd regular venue takeover again yes. because li- every single one that they've done 
I'm not going to say every single one. There has been maybe one or two uh, that they've done that's been good. But other than that, the rest of them have been a complete dud in the Capitol Wrestling Center. I'll be completely honest. Uh, The shows itself, you know, they're whatever. But I just feel like the energy, the excitement, uh, the hype behind it is just not there. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, there's one tonight. And you want to know when I found out there was one tonight? About an hour before we just started uh, recording. When I woke up and I saw that In Your House was tonight. I was like, what? This is tonight? There's just no... Talk about like nobody's talking about it. Like it's what? it's so forgotten about. It's not even funny, and what? it's just it's unbelievable to see how Takeover used to be like the highly anticipated right. event, and now they're just like thrown on random weekends. And you're like, oh shit, Takeover tonight. It's equivalent to like me next week when I when I, when I realize, oh shit, tonight's hell in a cell. Well, you remember you know? uh Takeover? What was the Takeover that happened in February? Um, they had a what was Vengeance Day? Remember that Takeover? Yeah, that was one. Yeah. yeah, that was the weekend. Where we saw Finn Juice show up at Impact, like the promo, and then Meltzer that morning fucking broke the news. Like, there's like a fucking trifecta of an alliance, and everybody was talking about that, and nobody gave a shit about TakeOver. That was happening. We were talking yeah. about it, and we were like, you know, nobody gives a shit about fucking TakeOver today. I know, I know. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's weird. It really is. But also, too, you could add to the fact that the NXT product hasn't been what it once was in the past. Obviously, that, that's also a factor. I, I will, I think, I will you say, know, I will, and you know, while NXT is not what how it was and how it used to be, I have been enjoying their shows. I just think they they need to get out of there, man. I, and yeah. this is the same problem that I had with NXT. Even before the COVID era, before the pandemic, they need to get out of fucking full sale. Having the same fucking peckerheads and jabrones every single week, it hurts the product. I'm sorry. It hurts the fucking product. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you because it's, you know, everybody wants to preach that it's no longer developmental, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's still being treated as a developmental because of the venue that they run every single week. Like, if, if they took that shit on the road, you know, or even if they did, like... Like, you know, just say they went outside of, uh, you know, they took it on the road, right? And just say they filmed, like, a few weeks in that same location, and then they went to another location, then they filmed another three weeks there. Because if they don't want to be on the road every single week, I get it. Um, but, like, you know, just to have a different look and feel right. and setting of the show with different faces in the crowd would just make everything so much better. I mean, God, you have top stars like Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, like, you have top guys right. on NXT. You don't need to be in a freaking warehouse anymore running shows. I think those days are done. I, I really do. If you don't want to call it developmental anymore and you want to bring in all these top guys and there's talk of Samoa Joe coming back to NXT, uh, I mean, you literally need to go outside of, of Full Sail and outside of the Capital Wrestling Center. It, so I don't know if they're going to do it, but... And it's a shame, too, because on the other brands, both Raw and SmackDown, they're going to already get ready and start touring, right? And you look at other other companies like MLW, they're going to start filming tapings in, in Philadelphia next month. Ring of Honor, they announced that they're doing Best in the World in Baltimore, so I'm sure they're going to film contact there with fans. AEW, they're going back on tour. So all you have all these different companies, including your two other brands, going on tour, but yet NXT, we're going to keep them at the Capitol Wrestling Center. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever to me. Yeah, bro, GCW at the showboat is... Uh... Is has a bigger crowd than NXT does for Christ's sake, and I guarantee you, best in the world, Ring of Honor. Nobody watches Ring of Honor at all, but I guarantee <laughs> that would probably be a bigger crowd than uh, than the Capital. How dare you disrespect the Nebraska three AM feed? How dare you? 
<laughs> but yeah, man, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I'll go back to the Triple H, some of the comments they made about some other stuff. But it's like, you know, as much as I love Triple H and he has a fucking great mind, but you can't keep praising and saying like, yeah, we have the best wrestlers in the world and our product is, you know, better than anything else. Yet you're keeping it in, in this kind of bubble at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Fucking start touring already, it's, especially in Florida. Like in Florida, everything's already open. So why don't you go somewhere else? Right, right. Like that's another thing too. Like there's so many places in Florida that you can go. Uh, like they they they've run live events in different places in Florida. Some of right. them that I haven't even heard of. Like all these different places in, in, in Florida that they can literally run shows at. So yeah. if they want to just keep it a Florida based promotion, I'd be fine with that too. As long as you're on the road and right. we see different, you know, something different every single week. Uh, I mean, I feel the same way about AEW. I can't wait until they start going back on the road. Yeah, again, man. I can't and stand looking at Daily's place dude. anymore. As much and I listen before the pandemic. I thought the Daily's Place venue was fucking amazing. It had, like, this unique look to it and everything. Now that they was there for a year or whatever, I'm like, I can't wait to not see Daily's Place again. Like, it, it better be... I want to see Daily's Place again. Like, once they start touring, like, I don't want to see them go back to Daily's Place until 2022. That's it. No more Daily's Place for me. No, I'm in agreement with you, too. I mean, the venue looks great. It looks cool. It's it's awesome. I don't, I don't hate it, mm -hmm. but I don't need to see a show there for a long time. I really don't. I know that's like the home of AEW, and yeah. I know it. Uh, they will come back at some mm -hmm. point, probably sooner than we, we are going to want them to. But, uh, you know, just being there for so long, and don't get me wrong, like, I'm glad, like, NXT had the Capitol Wrestling Center during right. the pandemic, right? right? I'm glad that AEW has Daily's Place. They can still be running shows, or else they'd be in some deep shit. We wouldn't right. have even gotten some of these AEW shows, and a lot of great events and great things happened during the pandemic era in Daly's place, you know, the Brody Lee tribute show. Yes. I mean, obviously a lot of like, I'm grateful for it, but it's time and I'm glad they're moving on and uh, just excited to get back to, you know, action packed live crowds. Cause it really just makes, makes a difference of, uh, with the weekly product. Yeah. Um, hopefully <clears throat> I think, hopefully they'll, they'll make some changes with the NXT brand. Like when it comes to like a touring aspect, I think they're missing the boat of not running a show in Vegas um, instead of running it in the Capitol Wrestling Center. It makes no sense what's to me, but I digress. Um, hopefully, they, there's a change of plans, and hopefully they do make an announcement in Vegas. That's what I'm hoping for, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, let's talk about more rumors when it comes to the WWE front. We dropped a special uh, impromptu episode of Lucha Outsider show. I believe it was like in the middle of last week where we talked about the releases. Out of nowhere, we got a whole bunch of releases. This week now, uh, there's rumors coming out, not only for Alistair Black, Tommy N, but also Samoa Joe. We'll start with Samoa Joe since we're on an NXT topic. But there's rumors that Samoa Joe might potentially come back to NXT, which it's kind of weird in theory. Like, why NXT? Let me rephrase that. I get why NXT, but at the same time, it's like, does Samoa Joe really want to come back to that? And like, what would, what would his role be? Is he going to be wrestling in NXT again? Is he going to be a broadcaster, or is he going to be putting wrestling behind him and be like a trainer over there? Like, what is he going to do in NXT if he does indeed go back to NXT? Or do you think this is just a rumor? Uh, I think it's just a rumor. I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I see, like, it's hard to say because we don't know what the status is of Samoa Joe. You know, right? Is he really that banged up that he's considering retirement? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> does he want want to hang it up and be a coach? Right. I don't know. I mean, if he does, then I guess NXT would make sense. He could be a coach there. He could be an on-screen character there. Um, it really just depends if he wants to go back to the WWE or if he just wants to, you know, 
uh, just be done with it and close that that chapter of, of the book and really just move on and go back to Impact and do some indies, do some AEW, whatever he wants to do. I don't know. I think it's just a rumor. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, that's my opinion right now. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go back to NXT because, you know, I just I don't know where his headspace is. I don't know where he's at. And uh, I think he'd be a great coach there. And, you know, who, who knows? If he still wants to stick around the wrestling business, that'd be something that, that would be cool for him to do. So, um, of course, selfishly as a fan, I don't want that to happen. I'd rather, yeah, you know, see him at AEW, yep. even back in Impact, to yep. be honest with you. I just don't think NXT, like, just doesn't need these guys anymore. Like, I, as much as the product hasn't been the same, I do enjoy the fact that we have fresh faces and, and new guys, you know, who are, like, at the top of the card, you know, in NXT. I just don't need to see them keep bringing people from the main roster back down there. I just, you know, it, so... I don't know. I guess the only time will tell. Uh, you know, it's coming up soon. I think in July, the ninety day no compete is done. So we'll we'll find out. I'm hoping he pops up at Slammiversary. I, I do not want to see him go back to NXT. But at the end of the day, you know, whatever makes Samoa Joe happy, um, that's his decision. Uh, let's move on to Tommy and Alistair Black. Um, he has gone on record. I think I believe he said it on the Renee uh, Paquette's podcast um, that he was recently on. He did say that he has a. He wants to wrestle with a lot of talent that are not currently signed with WWE, the likes of Kenny Omega, and I, I think he mentioned like Shingo, and I think he mentioned Osprey, and a couple other people. I think he mentioned Moxley as well. Um, a whole bunch of people he said that he he wants to wrestle with. But there's rumors coming out now that WWE is interested to, to bring him back. Like, you know, the, the whole releasing of Tommy N was kind of a... Um, I guess a mistake, you know, they get a congratulations for that. Um, maybe oh. w, maybe WWE saw the reaction of, you know, that he got the second he got released and saw like, okay, we're missing, you know, we're, we're losing money here. I'm just letting this guy go. Me personally, I don't see him going back to the WWE. I mean, if that that's the route that he wants to do, uh, go back to WWE, maybe him and his wife get offered like a shit ton of money to go back. And if that's something they want to do, good for them. But I don't see that happening. I honestly think, you know, Tommy N is meant for an AEW or New Japan. That that's my opinion. You know, more AEW when it talks about a, a state side, just for all the issues that that New, you know New Japan is having right now. But you know, once Japan gets their shit situated, you know, I could see Alistair Black. Alistair Black. I could see Tommy N making a huge impact in New Japan. Yeah, dude. I I don't think he's going back to WWE. Uh, just just it's just. A bunch of smoke. Uh, that that's all it is, you know. Of course, they're probably regretting the fact that they released him. I don't. I don't understand what they were thinking, in, even in the first place, releasing him. I mean, my God, to come out and say, "Oh, it was a mistake," or there's backstage rumblings that people think it's a mistake. Like, no shit, it's a mistake. I mean, this guy's a freaking, <laughs> well, a freaking superstar. Like, what do you got, morons there? Like, I mean, I know they do have morons running that running that ship over there, but I mean, my goodness, I mean, how stupid could you be? And then you know, you, you regret it two weeks later. No, I'm sorry. He, he's he's got to go elsewhere. I know he's smarter than that. Yep. And all, all the guys that he mentioned on Renee's podcast just tells you what he's thinking or what his plans are and what he yep. wants to do. And it, it, it's not going back to WWE. Um, I think he is AEW bound eventually. And along with that will come New Japan. I totally agree with you. Those are the only two places yep. I can really see him going. And um, yeah, it's just like I said, once these no, no compete clauses over with, who knows? You know, he can show up in AEW as early as All Out in yeah. September. So yeah. that would be something. That would be great. Either All Out or maybe like the Dynamite right after All Out. Who knows? All right, more on the rumors front. A lot of rumors this week, bro. A lot of rumors. The Rock. You mentioned Dwayne The Rock Johnson before. The rumor has it that WWE wants The Rock for Survivor Series to make some type of appearance and, you know, start the build of a potential 
Brock Roman Reigns match for WrestleMania next year. This is another rumor. Like I'm not saying I wouldn't like to see this happen, but like in theory, don't you think this match should make more sense for WrestleMania Hollywood instead of WrestleMania Dallas? Yeah, that's what, I mean that's that's always what I thought, right? I always thought that this was be a big headline for that brand new stadium over there, mm-hmm. the the big bright lights of Los Angeles. Um, but you know what they say, man, everything's bigger in Texas, right? Right. So I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's really all a matter of if they can get them, right? Um, but yeah, I I just I I feel like though now is probably the time because like who knows how much longer Roman Reigns' title run's gonna go, right? So like, how could you wait for for that match? Like, I mean, uh, you're not gonna have the belt on for another year, right? right. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think so. That'd right. be pretty nuts. But um, yeah, man, I, I hope that happens because I just feel like that's what should culminate with, with this title run is that match. I agree. All right, dude. Um, you know, we, we hardly talk about this promotion, but we're going to talk about it now. And I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm fully expecting you to make a slick comment. But I, I do want to touch on this because I guess this is somewhat big news, right? Uh, we're going to talk about the NWA real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, man. Between Ring of Honor and the NWA, they should start paying us. To talk <laughs> so um, some big news came out this week. Mickey James, uh, she signed a deal with the NWA, and she's going to be producing an all-women's pay-per-view happening in August, which I think is pretty cool. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up, and there is a reason why I'm bringing this up, is because at a, a recent press scrum, um, I, I believe it was like a call or whatever, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for NXT TakeOver that's happening tonight, so, Triple H was asked about how NWA is going to be doing this all-women's pay-per-view and what his thoughts were about this, and he kind of, like, downplayed it, and I'm not going to go word for word here, but he kind of was just saying, like, well, listen, we have all the the best women's performers, et cetera, et cetera, like, everybody's so worried about what other companies and other people are doing or who's going to show up here and who's going to get called up and who blah 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 and this and he was kind of this was like one of the very first times that i've seen and heard triple h have kind of like a very negative tone about like things that are happening like outside and kind of saying like oh but we did it first you know with the women's evolution yet we haven't seen a sequel to that pay-per-view and then that kind of like got like you know the to the twitterverse and you know like everyone online kind of like chiming in and having their own opinion and thunder rose and Britt baker you know they responded and Britt baker just posted a picture of herself and, and thunder rosa and thunder rosa responded saying like you know women's best wrestlers are not just located in one company they're all over the world i kind of want to get your thoughts on it you know i feel like you know you would probably have like a very strong opinion on on these type of uh dialogues between you know Triple H's reaction and and just everything. Yeah, I mean, Tony Khan even came out and said that he knows people in AEW never have interest in working for the WWE. So, uh, I mean, yeah, listen, I, I'm all for Triple H, you know, protecting his product and, right. and being, the, being the guy to always defend NXT, WWE, and all that stuff. And obviously, he's going to do that. But obviously, he's smarter than that. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's aware of what goes on outside. And, um, you know, he knows that there's amazing women's performers out there. Yeah, he, he he has to know that. I mean, uh, I mean, they they did try to sign Thunder Rosa too, so it's not like of course, it's yeah. not like they of don't course. know who Thunder Rosa is. And you know, he probably regrets, uh, you know, uh, not signing Britt Baker too, because you know they they, I mean, really dropped the ball not once but twice with Britt Baker because yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but she was supposed to be a part of the May Young Classic. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. times. Yep, yep, two times and. And they didn't even, she was only a, uh, I forget the first time why they didn't bring her in. And then the second time, she was like a, uh, 
like a reserve or something like that. Yeah. Like she was like one, one of she was gonna be there like if and, somebody couldn't make it or somebody and, got injured or and whatever. And now she's like top five women's wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you you know damn well he regrets he regrets that right. signing her. And also too, he's probably having some regrets to see Deanna Perrazzo doing her thing in Impact right, right now. And exactly. being one of the hottest women's stars at the moment as well. Huh. So I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm not really gonna go on full rant here because it is what it is. I mean, right. they say these stupid things all the time, and everybody just knows it's not true. And I I like to see you know people like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, uh, you know, going at that statement, and you know, Britt just posting that picture as that subtle response was absolutely perfect of her and Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, they could be in their own little world, and that's what they are in the WWE. They're in right. their own little world. They're right. in their own little bubble. They act like nothing else exists. Nothing else is important. Everybody wants to be here, and which obviously we all know is not true. If you can make the same amount of money and you can have creative control or, you know, not not even necessarily creative control, but you could be in a company like AEW that's going to value you and respect you the way you should be valued and respected then that means more sometimes than being on the big stage in the bright lights of the WWE, you know, yep. just to say you're getting a paycheck from the biggest wrestling company in the world, which don't even think it's a wrestling company at this point. It's a sports entertainment company. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't think it was necessary. Um, but you know what? The NWA is doing that all-women's pay-per-view, and they're just going to, outside of the WWE, all these companies are just going to continue to make a statement that mm-hmm. women's wrestling and just wrestling in general is great outside of the WWE, and, and people don't need to go there to make a, a, a good living or to do cool things. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Here's me ripping NWA for a little bit. I don't know who the hell they're bringing in to this women's tournament. I mean, holy shit. They're going to have to, like, you know, beg other, other promotions around the world for to, to use some of their women's talent. If, if I had to take in. a wild guess on who they would get, I feel like we're going to see some familiar faces of females that were in the NWA, like a Marty Bell, like uh, Allison K that used to be signed with NWA, probably making like a, a one-night appearance for this all-women's pay-per-view. Maybe we see some AEW talent, you know, yeah. like, a, like, a, like a Red Velvet. You know, I feel like she could fit well for this NWA all-women's pay-per-view. You know, Serena Deeb, obviously she has signed with the NWA, you know, so we could see her pop up there. Um, and, you know, maybe some other independent talent that we're not too familiar with I could see showing up for this all-women's pay-per-view. I, I do wish them success, don't get me wrong. We were throwing a little shade at NWA because it's like, who's really watching it? Who's really paying behind a paywall for, for an NWA product? But, um, you know, depending on what the card is, you know, I'll probably order it on the Fight app, you know. Um, who knows? Um, maybe I will, maybe I won't, depending on who's on the card. But I, I do wish them success. I do hope Mickey James could, you know, hit a home run with this show. Yes, yes. I'm very happy for Mickey James. I know mm-hmm. she, she actually came out with a statement uh, a little bit before her release from WWE saying that she wants to produce one of these all-women's like promotions or shows and, and right. stuff like that. And I'm glad she's getting the opportunity to do that. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. And I, I just love Mickey James so much. Me and too. I hate the way it ended with WWE. So I just, I mean, I, I don't even need to hope. I know she's going to kill it with, with this project mm-hmm. and with anything else she does outside because that's how talented she is. Um, so really cool. And obviously we all kind of figured that they would bring her in at some point. Yeah. They called it there. Yep. Stuff like that. And of course, Melina's there too. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I have a good connection. So um, very cool for her to be, be able to do that. I do wish <laughs> wish them success. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we, we just like to rag on some of these uh, promotions. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, we all love wrestling. And so, we I mean, want them success. But we got to call a spade a spade sometimes. You know, like with the course, you know, with course, some of the yeah. decision Ring of Honor makes. And then NWA. Like, listen, I used to be a big fan of NWA. Before the pandemic, I thought their weekly product was one of my favorite products to watch, if not my favorite wrestling product to watch every single week. Yet, the pandemic happened. 
the the pandemic happened, um, they got you know a dealt a bad hand due to the pandemic, and then they return, and unfortunately producing uh shows with no crowd i think now they have a some type of capacity of people in the crowd and um you know it's behind a paywall and unfortunately i'm not gonna spend money on fight you know i'm, I'm not saying i will never pay for a pay-per-view like you know if if they have put out a great card that interests me i'll have no problem putting uh putting up some money to watch a pay-per-view but you know for a weekly product i'm sorry i'm not doing that wait 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 wait, wait. they make people pay for their weekly product so how NWA Power works is they have a subscription type base where you subscribe for the NWA and then you get their content, their backlog of content, stuff that they had before, and then you get their pay-per-views, right? If you don't subscribe to that, then that means you, whatchamacallit, and this is like a monthly fee, right? Then that means that if you want to watch a paper, you have to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? So pretty much you are paying for their weekly product, where before NWA Power was on YouTube for free. Yeah, wow, that's that's news to me, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to <laughs> I mean, geez, wow, I, I, I had no clue. Yeah, I mean, really. Uh, NWA, I, listen, I respect Billy Corgan, I really do. I actually was uh, was hoping that, Years ago, he would be the one to take over Impact. Yeah, me too. Um, I think he's got a great mind for the business, and I know he really wants to. He's you know, a passionate dude, very passionate. Yeah, he wants to make an impact in the wrestling business. But man, the NWA has tried to come back to life a bunch of times, and uh, every single time, there's just something that kills their momentum. Right. Whether it's a pandemic or anything else, uh, I just don't know what you know. I mean, like like I said, it's another place for wrestlers to work, and that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of being a rele- being relevant in the wrestling world, I mean, I got making people pay for that. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like anybody's going to. Uh, wow. I, I, Do you, I oh man, I hate, every day. dude, I hate to rip on the NWA, man, but I feel like since we're on the topic of discussion, so the numbers got released on like who, uh, paid for the, the fight TV pay-per-view. They, they, Cause they had a, they had a pay-per-view last weekend during GCW, during the GCW, uh, tournament survival weekend, they had a pay-per-view. I yeah. forgot if it was Saturday or Sunday. Nonetheless, I saw the numbers for who paid for it, and I swear to God, it was under 500 people that paid for that pay-per-view. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's just, uh, like I said, I guess I'll zip my mouth now because, uh, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty sad. I feel bad. I feel bad, but. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's, you know, like I said, it's unfortunate, you know, it's. All right, dude. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on because I feel like we're not helping NWS case. We do wish them well. I hope this all women's pay per view. I hope they people order this pay per view. I hope they put on a great card. Like I wish them success. Saying I, I'm wishing well on NWA, but it's just like I, I don't know. Doing the whole paywall behind a paywall type thing for your weekly product. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. Yeah, that that's pretty rough. That's pretty. I mean, uh, paying people to watch uh, Brodus Clay on your wrestling product. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about, I guess we could say this is good news. Um, I have some very strong opinions about it, but came out of uh, Double or Nothing, right? Talking about like, man, this was such a great pay-per-view. We did our um, instant react. It was you and uh, my boy, the Royal Ramble, the Royal, uh, the Ramble Royale, Brian. And we were all talking about how great the pay-per-view was. I think we're both in agreement. This is probably the best pay-per-view of the year as of right now, correct? Yep. Okay. Going to Dynamite later on that week, and all of a sudden, we see the debut of Andrade El Idolo. And why I am happy, he is all elite. 
I'm happy. I feel like AEW will spotlight this guy the way he deserves because we know all the potential he has. We, we've seen him at his top in NXT, right? Obviously, that's not what we got on Raw or SmackDown. But we know that this guy has potential. But if I have to be honest and fair, just as much as we criticize all these other promotions, we also got to criticize AEW. I didn't like the way he got debuted. And just appearing him, him and Vicky, not into it. I get they're both Mexican, but dude, a star like Andrade, I don't know why you would pair him up with Vicky. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not for me. I didn't even like the way he got debuted with Vicky just interrupting Mark Henry and Tony Schiavone in the ring. And then just the awkwardness on how she said Andrade and then like this gap between the announcement and... And then him just showing up. Don't get me wrong. Andrade looked like a million bucks. But I just didn't like it. I just didn't like how he got debuted. Um, this past week on Dynamite, I did love his um, vignette. I loved it. And I can't wait to see what the sit-down sit down consists of between himself and JR. Is Vicky Guerrero going to be involved? I hope not. But I thought the way he got debuted was a miss for me. Um I'm happy that he's in AEW, and we could go into a little bit, you know, the the rumblings of his contract negotiations on what is true and what is not true. But for me, I just didn't like the way he got debuted. That's just me. But uh, give me your thoughts on on everything, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I agree. Uh, it definitely was an odd way to debut him, and definitely not something I expected at all. I mean, on Friday night, I'm sitting in. I actually was in for, for, for that Friday night. I was like, all right, we're watching late night, Friday night AEW. Mm -hmm. uh, not much going on in this episode, I'll be honest. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll watch. I'll enjoy. Uh, and, you know, and, and out comes Andrade to the surprise of literally everyone. And, uh, man, definitely not the way I expected him to debut either. But I'm just happy nonetheless he's in AEW. And uh, the pairing of Vicky... I thought it was weird at first, but then I really thought about it. I said, you know, who has Vicky Guerrero managed back in the day? Edge, Dolph Ziggler. And I, I just feel like it worked, especially with Edge, obviously, it worked. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to hate on that right off the bat. I'm going to let like let let things settle and, and see what happens, see how the, the two pair, you know, how the two uh, match up and the, see if they have any chemistry before I really make a judgment on that. Because I don't want to just say right off the bat, oh, it's a terrible pairing. Well, how do I know that? You know, I saw a lot of people saying the same thing about Taz and Brian Cage. And I think that's worked out pretty well, even though I know he's, uh, you know, exiting the group now. But that worked pretty well. That was a great pairing. So I'm not going to shit on that. But in terms of the, of the debut, it definitely could have and should have been a lot bigger than it was. I also feel like, too, like you could have at least waited like another month until they went on the road to debut him at one of the shows they got coming up in Texas or wherever they are. Uh, with a right. large crowd that would really pop instead of like, you know, 100 plus people in Daly's place, you know, on a Friday night. Um, so it was definitely an odd decision. But nonetheless, man, I mean, mega hype to see Andrade and AEW, dude, like this. That's just freaking awesome. I mean, we thought he was going to go to possibly Ring of Honor. Uh, we thought, you know, he'd just do some, some stuff in Mexico, which I guess he could still do. And then eventually New Japan. But, man, I am happy to see him at AEW. And I just saw before we got on the air, AEW tweeted out one of the graphics for their upcoming shows on the road. And to mm -hmm. see him in the graphic uh, with, like, Kenny Omega, right. the Bucks, and uh, it's just so freaking cool. Yeah, dude. Going back to the whole uh, uh, Andrade thing, I think it would have made more sense for him to kind of debut in a Texas show. Because it's like you have that strong Mexican demographic there, you know, whether it's full 
you know, full-bred Mexicans or, like, Mexican-Americans. They love their wrestling. So imagine the pop Andrade would have gotten in Texas. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, like, and it's not even, like, that's too much. That's only, like, a few weeks away at this point, you know? So, like, they, I'm, I'm pretty sure they could have waited. Um, you know, I, I don't think, so it's not like he wasn't going anywhere. Like, you sign him to a deal and you say, look, we're going to debut at you in a huge way in the next few weeks in a big sold-out uh, crowd in Texas. Like, uh, I don't know. But um, like, maybe they just wanted to get it done, get it over with, and then maybe they're setting up for, like, a big match at, at one of those shows. So I don't know. Um, and then but, the, yeah. the, also the other head scratcher for me is because, you know, with, with everything that's going on with Kenny Omega being the belt collector, you know, he's the AAA world champion, right? Triple A mega campeon in AAA. We know there's this big match happening at Triple Mania between Andrade and Kenny Omega. But the way Vicky and Andrade got portrayed on Dynamite is like he's a heel. So... Are we gonna yeah. just ignore this feud that that that's gonna happen at Triple Mania between Andrade and Omega? Because in theory, over in Triple A, Andrade's gonna be the face. So right. let's just say Andrade Andrade does beat Kenny Omega for that Triple A World Championship, right? What does that happen now on the AEW brand? Are we just gonna completely ignore that Omega dropped the title to another contracted AEW talent? In AAA, like, what's going to happen there? So I thought that was even kind of weird. That is weird, yeah. I mean, listen, I wouldn't be shocked if they do ignore that because, I mean, they ignore everything that Kenny Omega does with Impact. <laughs> I mean, they really do. I mean, they do they really? And we're going to talk about Kenny Omega in a bit, too, but do they really? Because based on what happened last night, even though it was tape, it's like, okay, so maybe they're not necessarily ignoring everything that Impact is doing. You know what I'm saying? What, like, as, like, what, you're talking about the Impact show, right? The, so, and, and I hate to, like, jump into, I guess we could do back and forth. So, like, in, in theory, I get what you're saying, like, how sometimes AEW does ignore some of the stuff that Kenny Omega does. But then it's like, okay, you have the Good Brothers show up every single Dynamite, right? So, in theory, it's like, man, who knows? Like, the Good Brothers might even have a deal with AEW at this point. And then it's like, you know, he still walks around with the Impact title. And then last last night, now granted this was all taped, right? Against all odds happened and the main event was Moose, Kenny Omega for the Impact World title. That happened in Daly's place, which had AEW talent, you know, being as fans. You have the Young Bucks show up, fucking interfere in the match, super kick Moose or whatever, to the point where Matt Jackson is fucking hilarious. He's like, oh my god, is Max and Jeremy Buck going back to their fucking TNA days as Generation Me? And I think even Sammy Callahan shows shows up, gets fired by Don Cass on air. So it's like, do are AEW really ignoring the stuff that Impact is doing? Or is it they're picking and choosing what to ignore and not ignore? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, they're not totally ignoring it, but I'm talking in terms of like, on AEW Dynamite, like they don't, they don't um, promote the fact that Kenny Omega is defending the Impact World Championship right. on uh, this weekend against Moose. Like, like they, they don't like you would think they would want to get people to follow their world champion into another promotion when it comes to a big title defense. I mean, God, they didn't need, they barely promoted when he was going when he was putting the AEW t- title on the line. Their their own championship. <laughs> he was putting that on the line. In a winner-take-all, in a big-time match with Rich Swan, and you got maybe one commercial the week before promoting that, but you got no promos. We didn't see Rich on Dynamite. Like, I'm talk- like that's mainly what I'm talking about, where they ignore the fact that, like, Kenny Omega, basically, is, like, wrestling for all these shows on Impact, 
and you're not promoting it on AEW, then right. I watch Impact. Watch Impact to see Kenny Omega on the show. I mean, the only time they did that was after he won the championship, but Don Callis told Alex Marvez to tune into Tuesday Night Impact to find out what Omega's going to That's literally the only time they ever did that. So I understand like they have the Good Brothers, and they have the Impact and TNA titles on the show, which is great and all, and I know they're they have the impact main event at the Daily's place, and they have you know the Bucks involved and stuff. But like when it comes to Dynamite, it's it's almost like it's like you if you just watched Dynamite, and you had no clue what was going on outside of anything else. You'd have no idea that Kenny Omega wrestled this weekend. You you would have no clue that he put a championship on the line. Right, right. So like that that to me is just weird. You know that like it's just like very very odd and and i and i hate to be a negative dancer here especially with this because i am enjoying omega wrestling these dudes on impact right i am enjoying that he's doing this this whole belt collector thing right i, I don't think the whole thing has been perfect but i am enjoying it i'm fully expecting after slammiversary this impact run is over i fully expect wow. kenny omega to drop the impact world championship to sammy callahan and then the only connection we see between impact and and AEW is just the Good Brothers showing up on AEW Dynamite. That's it. I because I feel like after Slammiversary, we're not going to see Kenny Omega anymore. We're not going to see Don Callis anymore. I I expect them to stay fully with AEW, and then the Good Brothers are the ones that, that's going to be jumping back and forth, and that's going to be like the Impact representation on AEW. That's what I fully expect. Do I want this to happen? No, I want Kenny Omega, you know, as much as I love my boy Sammy Callahan, I want Kenny Omega to kind of still be Impact World Champion and still, you know, doing Impact shows. Because I feel like it would be like highway robbery that, you know, majority of this forbidden door that we've gotten has happened without fans, especially on the Impact front, right? Like, I feel like, man, that does suck. And yes, I know they have opened up... Um, some seats for the Slammiversary event, which I think is great. I'm, I'm great that they're finally going to get some fans in there for the for the talent because the talent really needs that, especially in Impact. You know, we, we have gotten fans for WWE stuff, obviously for NXT and then WrestleMania and then obviously AEW with Daily's Place or whatever. And then New Japan, they have, they've been fortunate. They've gotten fans even during the troubling times. But Impact has really gotten the shit end of the stick where they haven't gotten no fans, right? So I, mean, I am happy that they're going to get fans in Slammiversary. But, man, wouldn't it just suck? Kenny's whole Impact run happened with no fans. And then when you finally do get fans in there, even if it's just to a smaller capacity, Kenny just drops the title of Sammy Callahan. And I'm not saying Sammy Callahan is not deserving of it, because he's well-deserving of it. But he just drops the title, and then that's it. That's Kenny Omega's fucking Impact run. It's over. Dude, I mean, what what was the point then, you know? Right. Like, what was the absolute point? It's not like they brought Omega in to sell tickets because they weren't selling any tickets, right? There's no, no fans. Mm-hmm. What was the freaking point? I mean, I, I'm not even saying I disagree with you. I think there's a good possibility he drops a championship to Sammy Callahan. Because to be quite honest, if it's not a slammiversary, I mean, really, I mean, when is he going to drop the belt? I mean, come on. like, like, And to who, you know? I mean, Sammy Callahan as, as, is as impact as you could possibly get in terms of, like, you know, a, a loyal guy. And, you know, I know you got Eddie Edwards and stuff like that, but obviously he's been champ a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there is a lot of matchups like an Eddie Edwards uh, that, you know, we would kind of get gypped out on because I'm sure we everybody wants to see Omega versus, you know, Eddie, Omega versus, I don't know, like Chris Bay I would love to yeah. see, like an Ace Austin. Yeah. Uh, so it, it would be sad if, they, if that did happen, but I could definitely see it. And if that does happen, and if, if you're right on the money with this, I mean, 
man, whoa, what a waste of time. Really. I, I'm, <laughs> it I'm sucks, bro. Like, it really like, does suck. And like, like, what was the point? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, what, what and, did Impact get out of this? Nothing. And, and, and if I had to defend this, right? Defend um, what was the point? The only thing I could come up with in theory is they had to do something just because we were still in this pandemic era and just to get like some buzz and impact, right? Because obviously at the time when this whole thing started, Don Callis was still like a VP for Impact Wrestling, right? And Kenny and fucking Don Callis, they have a tight relationship. It's kind of like a father-son type relationship that they have. So Kenny being a VP himself was like, you know, I, I want to help out this brand as much as I can, especially during these troubling times. That's the only thing I could come up with theory why they would do something like this. But at the same time, it's like, okay, now we're finally starting to get see things starting to open up, right? Why not still continue this relationship? That's, that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Uh, you know, Impact says their world is about to change once again at Slammiversary because they're just going to pick up a bunch of WWE guys. So, you know, maybe they don't need this in the AEW deal uh, uh, anymore. They don't need Kenny Omega as their world champ because they plan on bringing in somebody like Samoa Joe or, mm-hmm. or uh, somebody. I don't know. But, but then if, even if that's the case, right, let's say hypothetically speaking, because which I do want to see happen, I would love to see Samoa Joe show up and impact, even if it's not like uh, a, a year deal or anything, but like let's say for a couple months, right? If yeah. Samoa Joe shows up in Slammiversary, then Omega has to retain because we need to see Samoa Joe and Kenny Omega. We need to. Don't you think? Don't you think Impact would want would want that match, right? For right. Themselves, and they right. want to be able to sell tickets and, and, and get pay per view buys on that. So that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, you know, I, I'm not even. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen because I this partnership has been the most weird weirdest thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen because it's barely a partnership at this point. It's literally Tony Khan showing up on Impact for, for first he's shitting on Impact, right? right. And, and 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 you know all these taking shots at them in all these videos. And now, now this with, past week, he's kind of like defending the brand. Right, right. Now he's defending, and now he's with Scott Demore, and he's defending it. Uh, you know, against uh, Don Callis, uh, it's all over the place. And then, then they have the whole pay per view last night in in the Impact Zone, and then they have this one random match outside in the Davis place. For what reason? I don't even know what the reason was. To be honest, I don't know if you you're gonna educate me on that because I I didn't I don't I didn't watch I feel, it. I, I, feel, really watched I, it I didn't watch it either. I just saw clips online, and I feel like it was just more in the sense, just kind of AEW helping Impact, whatever that means. But AEW has been helping Impact for um, for months now. And you know what? Um, I'll bring this dude's name. So do you know who Nick Hausman is? He's a uh, he's a journalist uh, for Wrestling yeah. Inc. Um, yeah. He I like Nick, all right, but he has like an agenda against Impact Wrestling. But he did bring up a couple months ago, I want to say when like this relationship first started, he did say that from what he's heard from people is that this whole deal with Impact and AEW, not New Japan, I'm talking about just Impact and AEW here, this was more of a Omega-Tony Khan relationship with Impact than an AEW-Impact relationship, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it does. It makes it makes total sense. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I don't even know what else to say. Because Damn, you just, sound defeated, uh, bro. You sound defeated. <laughs> yeah, listen, I don't know. Because I, I, it just like seems like such a waste to me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have anything against him. It's just, it's just robbery. It just would be robbery yeah. that if this relationship or whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, would end when he drops the title and then that's it. Like, no fans, no nothing would see like this relationship continue i just think it would be such a miss i i know but you know it's like i just like i said i just wish there was more of a 
a partnership. I wish we seen more guys jumping ship from one show to the next. I wish, I, I just wish we got like, you know. Deanna Perrazzo like, attacking Britt Baker. Yeah, like, you know, showing up on a pay-per-view or something like that. Or like, you know, I don't know, would it kill some guy like Ace Austin to come in and, I don't know, have a banger with somebody on on Dynamite? Like, I don't know. I just feel like we all just got chipped out of this if this is the end. I mean, <laughs> even if it's not the end, though, I mean, it's like when when's the ball going to get rolling Right, the actual partnership, you know? Like, right. it's just a weird thing. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's let's move on. And you know what? I wish I could say this is going to be some good news, too. But what we're moving on to ain't so much good news, either. So this week, it came out that Kenny Omega has been wrestling with a whole bunch of injuries. Apparently, he has, like, a herniated oh. disc. He has, like, some back stuff happening. Uh, he fucked up his finger at double or nothing. Like, this guy's, like, a mess right now. And it kind of reminds me of the last G1 he did, where he was, like, wrestling with, like, a fucked up ankle. And I remember watching the Being the Elites during that time and how he was saying, like, he was, like, in severe pain. And he was even champion at the time. And he was saying, like, he was in so much pain or whatever. And, you know, we people, not me, but, like, I remember a lot of people criticizing, like, Kenny Omega's first year in AEW. Because, like, most of that year, he was just a tag team with Adam Page. But, like, you also got to remember, that did good for him. Because, one, he wasn't only relying on himself to do everything. He had a partner. And you also got to keep in mind, all the matches that he was wrestling in Japan, right? On a fucking, like, regular basis. So, of course, it made sense for him to be in a tag team and kind of, like, you know, like recover his body a little bit and don't get me wrong he still had some aggressive matches even as a tag team but he wasn't in the ring 100% of the time he always had a partner now he's a bell collector and not saying that it's still the severity of the wrestling matches he was having in New Japan but he is still wrestling a lot and it kind of makes you question like man how much time is this guy going to even have left in the ring just like the the style he wrestles and dude he's like a He's a multi-time world champion currently right now. So it's like, you know, what does the future hold for Omega, especially with all these injuries he has? Oh, it's so sad, man. I don't even want to think about that. He's he's my he's been my favorite wrestler for for years now, and uh, oh, the thought of him retiring, man, makes me think about retiring from being a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, goddamn, man, it's uh, I don't even want to hear this, but that's unfortunately what the hard, cold dose of reality is for when you wrestle all those years in Japan. I mean, that's why Shinsuke Nakamura left. He, his body couldn't handle that type of strong style anymore, and he went to WWE, and now, I don't want to say he's phoning it in, but he's, you know, obviously he's happy there, and, he, you know, of course the fans and, and us specifically, we want to see more from Shinsuke in the WWE, but, hey, whatever, he's just doing his thing. He's just happy to be there, and he's just cruising by for right now because he feels like he already hit his peak, and, and maybe he did. Um and look at Will Ospreay now. He's on the shelf because of how tough that style is over there. And obviously, Kenny Omega literally killed himself mm-hmm. in all those matches against Ugh. Okada. And not to mention the G1, yep. all those G1s and everything. And, and basically what he's been doing at AEW. So, I mean, man, like, it's just crazy like, uh, to see him still going at a high level. Just think about some of the stuff that he was doing in New Japan. This guy was doing moonsaults off of balconies. <laughs> like, right. come on, man. Dude, it's I, I know. I think he did. I think what? he did a moonsault. Jeff Hardy is still wrestling. I mean, I think Omega right. will be okay. I think he. I, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I remember in one of these G1 matches he was wrestling Ishii, and this guy did like a moonsault off like the bleachers or something. I'm like, what is this guy yeah. doing? <laughs> it's 
good dude. I know. He always used to do crazy stuff. Like he would he would springboard off the rope like into like over the guardrail yes! guys too. And like, get like, so much fucking hype. Get so much hype. Oh. oh, I know, dude. It, it's crazy. So I mean I hope and pray that Kenny Omega can, you know. Uh, I mean, and maybe this does speed up the process of him dropping the AEW belt or the and the Impact belts too, uh, along with the the AAA title too. Is because maybe they will give him some time off. And you know, the good thing is, like Kenny Omega will stick around. He'll be backstage. He'll do some stuff with the women and right. uh, maybe do some producing. He's still the EVP and stuff like that. Still, still be in the company. Uh, but I don't think it'll be the worst thing if you give him some time off. But uh, I don't even want to hear about him retiring. Possibly. I know like, it that, would that be it would be very sad, bro. I would be okay. upset. I would be upset because it's like, man, like there's so much, not money left on the table, but there's like so much potential you could still do with Kenny Omega. Like we, I think we all as fans, we want to see him return to New Japan. Maybe not to the full capacity, but like we want to see him return to New Japan to have some of these matches with like a Shingo or like a Kota Ibushi and like a Will Ospreay he was to have a return. Like we want to see Omega return to New Japan. And I don't know, man, just, um, it, it just goes to show you that New Japan style, as much as we love it. That New Japan style fucks you up. It takes years off of your career. I mean, it's it's sad, you know? Like I said, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm hoping for the best. And, you know, same thing with Will Ospreay. When he comes back now, too, it's like another thing. It's like, well, he already toned down his style once after, oh, you know, almost a career-ending injury. It's like, what else could he possibly do now, you know? like, So it, it, it just does suck, but, you know, that's... That's wrestling for you. And for the people that want to say it's fake and all that's fake, it's fake. Yeah, well, you know, it takes years off these guys' careers. And unfortunately, you know, it's just, it's, it's, the outcomes are predetermined, but everything else is real. All right, two more things we'll wrap up, dude. Do you want to touch on anything on TakeOver? Is there anything you want to mention? Um, I mean, the car looks pretty good. I think it's going to be an entertaining show, but is there anything you want to talk about TakeOver or you just want to? We can talk about yeah, it. I mean, not specifically. I, I honestly, um, I honestly think the card is probably the weakest NXT takeover card I think I've ever seen. I'll be honest with you. Um, You're not excited for the well, Fatal Five Way, bro? Oh yes, yeah. Oh. Besides that, but I mean, look at the rest of the card. I mean, oh yeah. Um, you got Xia Lee taking on Mercedes Martinez. Wow. Well, I think that's the weakest match on the card. I think Let's, that's the well, and let me car. strap in for that one. Uh, oh, how about the million-dollar title ladder match? I'm between... actually excited for that. You know, uh, I'm excited uh, for that because I'm a big fan of both guys. And Cameron Grimes, I think that dude is just so gold. I think he's so entertaining. On top of him being a great wrestler, man, just the, this whole shtick with um, millionaire, billionaire, I just think it's so fucking funny. He's entertaining as hell. And I'm just curious to see what route they go with this, with this million dollar championship. Yeah, just bringing in another prop title, like I said. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't right. know. It's like, where is it? Like, what's the? Where's it gonna go? I don't Ryan care about L A Knight. I don't care about that guy. Never did. Never will. Eli Drake doesn't do nothing for me. Uh, Cameron Grimes. He, yeah, I'll give it to him. He's been so entertaining, even though I'm not like totally into the character. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even know why I'm not invested in it. To be honest, like I said before, NXT is just not the same. Uh, I have not been fully invested in the product in a long time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just uh, I mean, maybe it's because you know we're seeing another ladder match, and it's just like I just don't understand where this is going and what the point of it is and why I should care. Um, I know what you care but, about. I, I know I know what you're not going to have a negative tone for. Raquel Gonzalez, Ember Moon. I know you got to be excited for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that, that'll be a good match. Uh, you yeah. know, I, Your tone is so Raquel's funny, though. Belt, no. <laughs> Your tone uh, is so funny. You're like, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, if, you want, if I want to be excited about something, I guess, you know, besides, besides the main event, like, who, who can't be excited for that main event? I mean, right. that, that match is going to be freaking wild. Right. Uh, but when you, when you put the five biggest stars of the whole company mm-hmm. into one match, I mean, gosh, you know, wonder why the rest of the card looks as weak as it does. I mean, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But um, listen, I'm sure it'll deliver. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm going to watch it. But if you're asking me right now if I'm excited about it at 2.21 in the afternoon on the day of, <laughs> no, man, no, I, uh, I'm not really that excited, I'll be honest. All right, all right. <laughs> Your reaction just makes me laugh. Okay, okay, okay. Um, one last thing and we'll wrap up, dude. Leo Rush, this guy, um, after making you know his AEW debut and we've seen his work on New Japan and MLW, you know, post-WWE, and this guy, you know, announced his retirement. He said that, you know... Uh, he got injured during that Casino Battle Royal, and he said that he's announcing his uh, official retirement. He did say once he's recovered, he's going to finish some New Japan dates because he did sign a deal with New Japan. So he did say that he will return to New Japan and finish up dates uh, with them, whether that's going to be for New Japan Strong or maybe he shows up at New Japan. Um, you know, maybe the Tokyo Dome. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, he's saying that he's retiring um, I feel like this is a tremendous loss for the wrestling world because he's just such an amazing talent. He's so young still. Um, I know there's some pecker that's saying like, but he did this before. Um, before he wasn't injured. Apparently now he's fucking injured and he's really questioning himself because he is a dad and he has kids. So I, I guess the fact that he couldn't hold his baby, I think that's what struck him. So I can understand him why he would feel the way he does. But do you think this is the end of Leo Rush? Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's it, it's really sad. Like you said, really, really tremendous loss. He's so young and, mm-hmm. and he's so good. And mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to seeing him in AEW and, and also in New Japan, in actual New Japan, when the world opened right. up again as a junior. Uh, in the best of the Super Juniors this year, I thought he was a lock to be in that if, you know, they do that at the end of the year again when it's safe for, for those guys to go over there. Mm-hmm. Man, though, it's just like, I, I, I really thought at the same time, can't fault the guy. I yep. mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like one too many injuries. Sometimes you have to come to the reality of like, is this worth it or not? You know, and, and obviously he's done a lot. He's, he's been in WWE. He's, he's, I mean, even though he wasn't in actual New Japan, he did wrestle for New Japan. He wrestled for AEW. He wrestled for Ring of Honor. I mean, he's really done it all, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. You know, obviously a lot more left to accomplish, but if his family and his kids and everything, if that's more important to him, obviously it should be. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. Right. And if, you know, he just doesn't feel like he wants to, to risk anything, like, dude, who could really fault the guy for that, you know? I know he's got, um, he, he does rapping too, so maybe he'll get into the music industry or something like that. But yeah, it, it, it is going to suck. And I don't know. I mean, I think it is going to be the end. I mean, if he says it is, I, you know, it would look foolish for him to, for him to not be the end. But uh, you know, I don't think maybe it'd be the worst thing in the world for like you know a couple of years down the line if he's retired and he wants to come out of retirement to have like just say a dream match with somebody right. like just say GCW is willing to, to book a huge match with him and somebody else like I don't know one match here and there I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world but then it's just like sometimes it's not just one match then he'll get the itch to want to do another one and another one and more companies will offer him more money to do right. this one and this one and this one so I don't even think that's the best idea right. uh, so if this is the end of it then uh, man. Whew. It sucks, but I appreciate Leo Rush and, um, you know, calling it quits before everything gets even worse, maybe down the line. Because, look, we're talking about Kenny Omega. We're talking about Will Ospreay before. Maybe he doesn't want to end up like that, you know? And, and like I said, who could blame the guy? 
if this is if he does stick to the you know the retirement because he did say that he's gonna finish up some dates with New Japan once he's healed. So if this is the end, you know, all we could do is just be appreciative of the work and and the time he's given us fans and just let him enjoy retirement and. You know, unfortunately, the wrestling community, the the culture of wrestling fans, they're the type of people that like to bug, you know, retired wrestlers or people that are done with wrestling, like a CM Punk, like on a daily basis, like, oh, you're going to come back. For selfish reasons, because I, I, I enjoy Leo Rush's work, from a fan's perspective, while does stay retired, good for him, I, you know, I wish him nothing but the best, but for selfish reasons... It, while he does return for those New Japan dates, let's say it happens like at a Tokyo Dome or a Corican Hall or whatever, if he gets over there to finish those dates, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the itch again and goes like, you know, maybe, maybe I, I should stick around a little bit longer. But that's just selfish reasons. If he does stay retired, good for him. I wish him nothing for the best, but um, that's kind of where my mind's at when it comes to Leo Rush. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like I said, yeah, you, you said it great and... Like I said, we, we really do have to be appreciative of, of a guy like him because, man, somebody so talented like mm -hmm. him, uh, you know, again, any of these performers, though, to give us the entertainment that they do, to give us years of, of their lives and their bodies and sacrificing everything and, you know, to get to where they, they are just to entertain us and obviously to make a living as well, but to really the main goal, obviously, go out there and perform for us fans, uh, you know, it's, it's just awesome. So uh, very appreciative of him. I, I met him, actually, and I'm glad I did. At one of the access uh, sessions that I went to for WWE a couple of years ago, he's oh, really cool. cool, chill, down to earth, earth dude. Actually, got on one of his Instagram lives one time too during the pandemic when he was kind of doing it alongside with the Janela Zone. Oh my um, god, so, him and fucking Leroy, bro, when they used to uh, fucking just throw so shade hilarious. at each other, hilarious. Okay, so like, if you're asking me right now, like, one reason why I'm really depressed that Leo Rush is retiring is because we never got to see Leo Rush versus Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> That should have happened at a spring break. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh. See, if he's going to come out of retirement for one match, it should be against Nasty Leroy. Okay, I don't really think he's going to get too hurt in that match, so I think that'll be pretty safe. Oh, man. Yeah, let's uh, let's wish uh, the best for Leo Rush, and who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But, dude, that's, that's it, man. That's all we got, man. Almost two hours. Um, we always say, like, it's very easy to <laughs> do two hours when it comes to this show. But, dude, give me your plugs in, man. Talk to me. Hell yeah. All right. So at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter, where I'm a straight shooter, um, you know, been semi-active on there as of late, been kind of busy and, and not much going on on there, but uh, follow it anyways, interact, always love the interactions on there, as well as on Instagram, you can follow my buddy, Brian Sendex, at Royal underscore Ramble underscore Wrestling Instagram, as he tries to continue to build that up, so definitely <sighs> give that a follow. Um, and then, of course, Wrestle Radar, um, Instagram and Twitter, and YouTube. Been very quiet on that end, so uh, I still like to plug that anyways. But um, And then at Ryan underscore Mordorano on my personal, if you care to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. All right, you can follow me at RatedR since 87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts. Tune in on MessLab, LowsTrader.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And lastly, we still have Lucha Outsider show snapbacks. But once they're gone, they will be gone. I have a link on our link tree that's on our Instagram. So if you want to pick up a hat, pick up a hat, support the brand. Some people have picked up the snapback. They've enjoyed it. So check it out. Buy one. Help out the Lucha Outsider show. And that's about it for our Double Ryan Radar. I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep Rated R.
and stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And good night, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>